Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Craig Parry, CEO of ISO Energy, TSXB listed uranium explorer in the Athabasca Basin. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, their plans, and the company itself, you can get it at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are training videos. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done, just to save you a bit of time. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe environment. So do you go and join them at cruxinvestor.com dot com forward slash club. Craig, how you doing, sir? Good, Matt. How are you? I bet you're good. Nice result this week. Are you doing victory laps? Uh, are you just taking a, a moment off from doing victory laps? Is that what's happening? This is the first of them. This right. Is my interview with the Michael Parkinson of the mining world. Right. <laughs> the Michael <laughs> Parkinson. That's good. That's a new one, uh, but I'll Did take it. With a bit it. of Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan thrown in for, for good measure there. That's, that's, that's more on brand. That's more on brand. Um, right. I'm now going to give you a hard time because of that. Okay. Well, look, but before I do, I better uh, kick off. Ask that one minute overview and then we'll pick it up. Yeah, good, good stuff. So, of course, you know, we had a winter drill campaign this year and then we, we kicked off our summer campaign and that was the most significant that we've had in the history of the company. Uh, fantastic results. We've delivered some of the most spectacular drill results in any commodity in the past 12 months. And indeed, you know, in uranium in the last five years, we, we put out a drill hole uh, only this week, um, you know, truly spectacular, seven and a half metres at nearly 40 40% U308, that included 3.5 metres at 74% U308. So we're thrilled with those results, but that drill program has doubled the size of the footprint of the deposit, if you like. So, um, you know, we knew we had something big and high grade on our hands. Now we've got something that's really very big and very high grade on our hands. So we're thrilled with those results. We're well funded, of course. You know, we did that uh, deal with Queens Road Capital. I saw your interview last week with Warren Gilman from Queens Road. You know, that was sensational. You can see the, you, you know, Warren's um, brilliance shining through there. Um, and uh, and part of that brilliance was to put money into ISO Energy at about sixty nine cents. So he's doing very well. If you do say so yourself. Well, I, like, I think I think <laughs> the, the the point of the job program was to increase the size of the deposit. The grades have been an absolute bonus for you. And just to give people a, an idea of the, the the types of grades that you've been hitting there, you, you know, it's kind of a Marie Curie type level of. Great. It's not safe to be around for too long. So, how have you guys been coping uh, in the in the drill shed, the logging well, shed? No, that, that, that is one of the challenges we have. Um, nice challenge to have. Of course, the other thing has been COVID and putting protocols in place so that we don't, you know, take any COVID uh, uh, infection to northern Saskatchewan, which we've managed to do successfully. The team's done a tremendous job there. But you know, certainly managing. Um, you know, that high-grade material in the hot core shack is an issue. The guys can't be around it for too long or they dose out. Um, but anyway, that, that's being managed. But um, it's, uh, that's great. To, to give you um, a bit of an indication, for, you know, to stick that in gold equivalent terms, I don't think IROC and the regulators like you doing this, Matt, but, um, but you know, that's $40,000 a tonne dirt or rock. Uh, and uh, and um, 22 ounces per tonne in gold equivalent terms, or about 700 grams per tonne. So, you know, truly spectacular grades, and we, we, we couldn't be uh, more thrilled with those results. Right, okay. 
here's the Piers Morgan bit. It's done nothing for your share price, though. Why do you think people haven't reacted to grades like that? That, that was a little bit, a uh, little bit um, flat this week, even off the back of that last drill result. I suspect what's happening because, of course, you know, you, you know, back in March we we're trading around thirty cents. I think twenty-three. Twenty-three was it? That yeah. low? Yeah. Well, there you go. So we're we're now at about a dollar forty or, or thereabouts. So no performance has been stellar. I think we're actually the best sort of serious uranium company. In terms of performance for the past couple of years, so you know people are getting it and um, getting the value proposition. Of course, we saw Haywood launch coverage on us. Um, Colin Healy's got a two dollar price target on us. So we, we've seen um, you know over the last six months and off the back of that program, uh, you know improvement in share price. Uh, I would say that these results, the fact that we didn't get much of a kick here the other day when we put out those results. Um, points, uh, you know, probably coming from the fact that investors are starting to understand these scintillometer results when we put them out. So perhaps that was already priced in back off the back of the scintillometer results. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair to say. So um, let's look at going. For, let's look at going forward. You, you've um, taken some flow through money, about four million bucks. You've got about four million bucks of warrants coming through. I assume all in the money. That puts you at how much cash today? Or will it put so you? So we've got about 11.8 million as we speak. Uh, so you, you know we go into the new year with effectively 20 million in, in cash, assuming those warrants get exercised. Those warrants are all at 60 cents, so we're you know well in the money on those. So I'd expect those to be exercised during the year. Right. Okay. So let's so let's let's talk about what the future needs like. Let, let, I think we all agree you're fully priced. It's been a great year for your shareholders. And anyone invested in the company, but you're you're at or near where you where you should be. Okay, so with twenty million bucks, what do you do? Because you've doubled the size of the deposit. You've got some great grades. Is it more drilling, or are you, will you be able next year to start planning for the future? In which case, what does that business plan look like? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're really still at um, you know. Part of the project is still at an exploration stage, of course. We're, you know, moving into that resource delineation phase, and um, you, you know the the surprising thing of those the results that we put out uh, earlier this week is that it confirms that southern margin of the deposit is still open. So, you, you know, we've still got more drilling to do there to to better define that southern margin to the deposit. So we've got to do that. That'll be the you know one of the key key components of this coming winter program, which will kick off in January. Uh, the other component will be some infill drilling to, to you know, better uh, uh, test the ore body, you know, delineate that ore body, give more confidence around a resource when we finally put one out. I don't know when that will be, probably late, late next year or early the following year, uh, just depending on what we see there. Uh, and then, you know, the third component of that program, I, I suppose what we've done now is confirm that this Laroque conductive trend that starts you know, 20 kilometres to the southwest of us, uh, where you, you, you find Cameco's Laroque Lake Zone, then up through there, Laroque North, on our, into our deposited hurricane. And then there's mineralised intercepts out on our, product, uh, our project to the east that have never been followed up. So we want to get out and test those as well. And we now know that conductive trend is is very fertile for, for, for large high-grade deposits. So lots of high-impact targets out there to test as well. But which is great, and you do need to do all of the above, but you also need to start thinking about 
where do you sit in the mix? Because there's some, there's lots of um, uranium juniors jockeying for position. Okay, the producers are the producers. The guys in care maintenance are, you know, you know, trying to work out how they time things. And then there's a raft of people coming through. I mean, you guys did a deal with 92 Energy, and we we get approached weekly, you know, for people, you know, looking for investment from us for on on, on projects which we know are the kind of leftovers from companies who have done done work, right? So, how do you? I mean, it's more interesting you, not the new these new new bees wannabes. How do you start positioning yourself in terms of which cycle you're aiming for? How you start monetizing this, not just for shareholders, but in terms of you know you know getting into some kind of cash flow position? Who do you need to partner with? I mean, we've there's a few mills near you. You've got people like a Rano running out of, of feedstock. You know, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. So, what's the discussion at board level about how you position yourselves to win? Yeah, very, very good question. Look, I, I suppose, you know, to, to answer you at this point in time, we're still at, at that earliest of stage. We're, we're doing all body knowledge type drilling um, at the moment. And certainly that's the first half of next year and probably the second half of next year based on the fact that we still haven't closed off the deposit yet. So we've got to do do that work and we'll, you know, so we'll know where we stand by the back end of next year. We have taken some tentative first steps to looking at how we might develop the project moving forward. We're not there yet. You know, we brought Peter Longo on board. Peter, of course, uh, you know, going back to your point about we're fully priced at the moment, you know, I think we've got a deposit that's every bit as good as Denison's Phoenix, for example, and, you know, they've got a $350 million market cap versus our 130 to $150 million market cap. So I think, you know, we can still double from here uh, pretty readily off the back of the results we'll get come the winter program. But that, you know, getting a bit off topic there. Um, we have, uh, so, so we brought Peter Longo on board. Peter conceptualised that in situ leach uh, mining technique for for Denison for their Phoenix deposit. Um, Pete's one of the most innovative uh, engineers that I've ever come across, and um, you know I think the leader in his field in terms of development of uranium projects. So we've got Peter looking at those uh, those sort of mining opportunities and scenarios at the earliest of stages. And then you know you make a very good point about Arano. Of course, we're forty kilometres away from Arano's mill. Uh, that mill is currently underfed. Uh, well, effectively on care and maintenance at the moment because of COVID, but, but you know, significantly underfed uh, when uh, Cigar Lake starts back up. And we think, you know, the likelihood of Cameco extending Cigar Lake production beyond 2028, 29, pretty, pretty damn slim. So, you know, they're going to, and of course that mill is a point source for, you know, a large part of the Fran of France's nuclear power supply. So, or uh, well, the product for that supply. So very, um, very important for Arano to keep that mill going. And we, th we think we can sit front and centre in, in that theme of, of providing uh, mill feed for that mill. So we'd like to do that. Um, the other thing to note on, on a sort of strategic aspect there is that um, our deposit being at only 320 metres, being an un flat-lying unconformity 
Iran-associated uh, deposit. A lot of people don't realise this, but Iran has some proprietary technology called SABER, which is Surface Access Borehole Resource Extraction, uh, is, is the acronym there. And that's basically a, a, drill techni- a drill extraction technique where they drill a, a pilot hole down and then ream out a large area of this high-grade mineralisation over a sort of four to eight metre diameter and then extract it back up through the hole. So our deposit appears to be very much amenable to that. So there's a strategic element there. You know, we, we talk to Arano and we, all the time and they're friends of ours. Um, we know that that... Uh, we think that, that our deposit is very much amenable to that. Deeper deposits aren't. You know, we're getting, you know, below 400 metres. That technique doesn't appear to work. So, you know, we're uniquely positioned to supply a couple of key things to, you know, one of the nuclear energy majors. Okay. So you're friends of theirs. You, you talk all the time. And your, your asset, currently as it stands, seems to suit some of the technology which they have in place and there's a need. Um when do you start firming up on things like that? I mean, where's that conversation go? Because they're they're they're, 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 they're carrying maintenance in a lot of places around the world at the moment. They've the end of life um, projects all around the world at the moment. So, do you become very very important to them um, at some point, or is it just regular standard commercial milling type of relationship? Yeah, good good question. I I think. <laughs> You know, there there isn't there aren't a lot of other deposits around there that will be developed uh, in in uh, in the next cycle. I think our deposit has a chance of being uh, absolutely one of the significant deposits developed in the next cycle. Um, you know, we talk to all of the guys. Saskatchewan's a fairly small province, and you know, you, you bump into them at the pub. Uh, although we haven't in recent times because of COVID lockdown and things. But, um, you, you know, so we're talking to everyone there all the time. But, uh, you know, we, we think we've got um, our, our deposit has traits that would, uh, you know, suit their requirements very well, potentially Cameco as well. But, um, you know, and, and Matt, that's an important point. We, of course, always, any company I've ever started, we take the view that we're going to develop the project ourselves. Um, you know, not having to build a mill, uh, massive advantage, of course, you know, both on a permitting and a cost basis. Uh, so being close to that McLean Lake mill and knowing it's underfed is, is really the crucial point there. Okay, and just talking about, um, you know, Athabasca Basin, uh, Uranium Juniors, permitting and licensing is always thrown at you guys. It's always thrown at you. But, but what's, there are lots of different types of permits and licenses. So what are the permits, that the long, long poles in the tent, as it were, when it comes to um, trying to develop a uranium asset? You know, you, you know the next-gen guys have got, got their um, travails to deal with. Denison have got theirs. You, you talk to any of the juniors, and they're always trying to overcome a permitting issue. So if there was a relationship with Iranian, if you had access to the mill, what are the sorts of permits then that you would then be required to get in place to extract this quite high-grade uranium? Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, you know, with any mining project, your primary permit is that mining licence. Uh, and then you need all of the typical construction permits and, and the like that go with that, you know, land use agreements as well. Um, uh, and, and dealing with the First Nations groups there, you know, that, that, that's, that's crucial, uh, of course. And then, you, you know, finally, you need the, the, the standard uh, Canadian nuclear permits, uh, development permits. So um, for us, 
we're starting to look at that. You know, the, the first steps on that path for us are starting to take uh, environmental baseline data and, and, and surveying that side of things. Uh, and then, of course, community engagement is going to be crit critical. We've been doing that since we, we, we set foot on the ground, of course. So, you know, we're down that path to some extent. But we're still a long way off knowing what we're going to permit. So we've got to find out what that all body looks like and, uh, and how we're going to develop it before, you know, we, we set off fully on that path. And I think we're probably at least 12 months away from that. Okay. Okay. And again, I'm just trying to just trying to build a picture of you know when again looking at all the uranium companies that we've spoken to and analysed, you know they've got different sets of technical issues. That you know is the technical issues around the ore bodies that and environmental, which seem to be again these long poles in the tent. Here, is there anything that you're seeing that you think is unique about your body? I mean, it's shallow. It's great, but what are the advantages to the ore body that you've got? Do you believe? Yeah, of course. Okay, and that's a really very good question because if you had your druthers, you'd want a basement-hosted arrow-type deposit because it's amenable to conventional underground mining, and that's, you know, that that's that positions next gen rather uniquely, and particularly the scale and grade of that deposit. Uh, our the advantages we have where we are, of course, being close to that mill crucial. We're surrounded by all the infrastructure and, you know, human resources that you would need to, to, to build a project. So being out in that eastern side of the basin is, is fantastic for those elements. The shallow nature, the flat-lying nature, you know, we're, we're looking at, of course, Denison's looking at this in-situ leach technology. We're looking at other uh, opportunities. There have been a couple of... Uh, development opportunities that Peter's identified that are, you know, highly innovative and, and look like they will be low capex, low opex type development opportunities as well. We don't want to get into that just now, um, but I'll, I'll leave you with this thought is, is that, um, you know, that, that Arano Sabre technology um, given the very high-grade nature, you, you know, such a dense accumulation of rock. These, are, these deposits, of course, are the densest accumulation of dollar value in, in terms of, of rock on the planet, um, perhaps apart from the odd sort of big diamond deposit like Zhuaneng. Um, so, you, you know, very dense accumulation uh, of, of dollar value. And so extracting that, you know, there are ways of doing it very cheaply and that, that Sabre technology uh, looks, you know, very good for that, uh, that approach. Um, you know, having, I, I, I don't, we will know soon where we stand in terms of a, an internal resource base. We're probably, because we still haven't defined the margins of the deposit at the moment, we're some way off announcing a public, uh, publicly um, uh, uh, an initial maiden resource. Uh, but, you know, what we do know is it's going to be very, very high grade. That, that, that drill hole yesterday uh, is testament to that. So I suppose very high grade and that's that's the great thing about these deposits the other thing about our deposit of course is it's not under a body of water uh, we've seen other companies with projects that are challenged by that sort of aspect so we're you know we're in, in really good shape on this deposit to develop it actually with low capital cost and having a low operating cost okay so two, two things you mentioned there just just to stay on the technology but sabre i get iran have been using it well established you could almost call it conventional in a way Innovative, when someone uses the word innovative, 
I get a, I, I and imagine people issuing permits would get a bit nervous unless it's in the confines of what is already used and known elsewhere. So, what sort of thing that you're talking about when you use that word? Well, you know, cyber actually isn't being used at the moment. It's, it's they've done some trials with it, and it looks to work very well. You need a high grade deposit, and that's the best thing to point to. You know, that 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 approach to mining, we we do, you know, we are looking at other other approaches. I I think um you know in in situ leaching of high grade Athabasca deposits is an opportunity, and um you know we will look at that in more detail, of course. But more conventional approaches, as you say, like that uh, you know borehole extraction type right. technology, that's that that that's where you would go because of course you know that has a huge number of um of advantages to to other techniques. Okay, so I, I misunderstood. I thought Sabre they were testing in Canada. Have they used Sabre elsewhere and seen it work? Uh, tested in Canada, I believe, but it's not in operation. Okay, sorry, right. Okay, fine. Um, so let's 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 talk about um, you know sort of ne- next steps for you. I mean, you you've obviously got a, you've got this money. You're gonna you, you've outlined expiration. You, you may be a resource end of next year, beginning of 2022. Um, you, you've talked about the Laroc trend, um, but. What 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 are you what are you going to talk to the market about that's going to get them excited in a way that a seventy two percent UA three hundred eight announcement didn't? What do you think people should be listening out for? Sure, sure. No, look, I I, I think you know very straightforward for the next little while. Um, certainly, the first half of the next year, we'll continue drilling. You know, as I say, we've got high impact exploration targets out to the east. We've got uh, we've got to prove up the or test the southern margin of, of hurricane uh, as it is, and you know the, the the really sort of exciting stuff will come from some of that infill drilling as we go because you know we'll we'll, okay. we'll almost certainly be, be delivering a slew of really high grade results uh, through the first half of next year as we as we do some of that infill drilling and, and further. Uh, better define the the, the resource. So, what, so what, what are you saying to uh, current investors? Just, just be patient. It's been a great year, but be patient. We've got we've got a steady process to work our way through, and towards the end of next year, we'll be in a position to make some decisions about how we advance this thing. Is that it? Exactly, exactly. And and of course, you know, hopefully, we have some external factors weighing in our favour as well. You know, it's about oh my goodness. Time. Have I got an exclusive? What is it? Well, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> you, you, you haven't. No, I think um, actually I've given up trying to, to predict the uranium price and where things might ha- head. I know it's cheap at the moment and at some point it will go up. That's all I can say. I've been spectacularly wrong for the past five or six years or eight years actually. Um, but, you, you know, you can't have that much product taken out of the market, but that many cutbacks in production before you see something happen. Uh, who knows when? You will have a better. Well, you talk to Brandon Munro and and others, so you'll have a much better idea than me, Matt. I, we 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 speak every week to multiple people about uranium. I'm not sure anyone's really got a clue. So uh, you're in good company. Um, just just very quickly, the, we this happened after we last spoke, and we because we spoke beginning mid September or something. Um, you did the 92 Energy deal. The the bunch of Aussie guys think you know known to you um, and. I just wondered why. Why? What? What, what were the, the terms of that deal? Why did you do it? Wasn't it a distraction? Yeah. So it's sort of worth going back to to you know our, our thesis while we're in the eastern Athabasca, and of course you know I, I I harp on all the time about you know the the, the sort of um, 
what I learned at Rio Tinto about how you look at exploration projects and, of course, that size of the prize, cost of the test, chance of success. Um, Eastern Athabasca, we know the size of the prize is good, it's cheap to operate and, and the chance of success is massive. We've proven that ourselves. You, you, you know, I think uh, we discovered a hurricane after 14 drill holes in the basin. Um, so, so obvious place to operate. Uh, of course, the other thing to uh, the strings to our strategy are look for drill under the unconformity and, and try and find basement hosted deposits. And we think there'll probably be an arrow or two out on that eastern half of the Athabasca to be found. Uh, and then the other thing, of course, is that all that drilling that was done around 2010-11, um, you know, intersected mineralisation that never got followed up and, and hurricane comes off the back of that work. Um, what we did, you know, so as what's that that strategy or those strategic elements has resulted in is us putting our foot on a vast area of ground out in the eastern Athabasca, um, you know, best place in the world to pick up ground and explore for high-grade deposits. But some of these projects we're not going to get to explore in the next 10 years. We've got such a big area now and so many targets to work through, we can't do it all ourselves. So farming those projects out or divesting them for stock um, and getting someone else to do that exploration work for us. We'll advise them and help them a little bit. Um, and, uh, you, you know, we, we've got a, a team that's very, very good at exploring for uranium so they can they can um, rely on us for that. Um, but, but, you know, farming it out and getting those other targets that are a lower priority for us tested is important. You know, uh, a, a 92 Energy, very good team. They've got a, a brilliant team of very well-respected uranium explorers um, you know, great, great to be working with those guys. The other thing interesting about 92 Energy is that it's it will be the first ASX listed uh, Athabasca focused uranium explorer. Um, so I'm very keen to see how that gets accepted in the Aussie market. I think it'll it'll go very, very well. They've all had a great week this week. All the Aussie uranium guys, all up. Yeah, a bit better than us over here for whatever reason. Yeah, I think the the brokers have finally uh, twigged. They're, they're they're coming back into uh, the uranium space. There's a lot lots of conversations certainly around Perth. Those conversations we're hearing anyway. We looked at six company Aussie companies this morning, all up. Good for them. Well done. Yeah, right. good, good, very, very good to hear. Look, the other thing, of course, we divested our Mountain Lake project to to Phil Williams. Uh, International Consolidated Uranium. Uh, we we sold that for a mixture of cash and stock. Um, you know, Phil's got a fantastic company there. He's doing something of a roll-up of, of uranium projects globally. Uh, and that, you know, that that project, we staked it and we've effectively sold that for a million dollars. It cost us $30,000 to stake it two years, two years ago. We've sold those 8 million pounds for about 30, uh, for a million dollars or more. Um, you know, we've got stock in the company and exposure to the upside there. So, you, you know, that, that will eventually give us a sort of low... Uh, low dilution uh, route to, to, to financing uh, at some point in time when either, you know, international consolidator gets taken out or, you know, perhaps we can sell a bit of stock. But uh, that although that's not the plan at the moment. Um, so, you, you know, that, that strategy is playing out very well for us. Yeah, okay. And, and will there be more of these? Have you got so much additional land? If, if we get the, you know, if we can find the right partners, the right people uh, who we know uh, are serious players who will, who will do the right thing by the projects and explore the ground well, yep, absolutely. I hope you're being a, a good fund manager about this or investment banker, you know, just, you know, a few good bits, a few not so good bits and a bit of rubbish thrown in there. Just, you know, blend it. Is that how it works? 
<laughs> Good question. Look, I wouldn't say that because it's out in the eastern Athabasca. You know, the, the chance of success out there is is extraordinary, as we as we've proven. You know, there is there will be many many more high grade uranium deposits found out there. So, getting someone else to do that work for us, I think, makes great sense. Okay, well, uh, Craig, brilliant. Good to speak to you, mate. And uh, nice sort of end of year catch up. Fantastic. Been a stonker of a year for you guys. Um, keep up the good work. Keep in touch. Let us know how you're getting on, okay? Yeah, will do, Matt. No, always a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much for your, your support and having us on during the year. And have a great and safe Christmas. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.